Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Talk That Talk show. For our first time, we are not in New Jersey. We are streaming live from Pennsylvania. Um, because I always have my loaded schedule here, um, we have our bowling tournament, um, our annual uh, baloney tournament, where if you bowl six strikes in a row, you can get some baloney. To tell you how hard that is, my dad's been going here for quite some time now, and he still hasn't gotten baloney yet. <laughs> so, so this is uh, it's just been a really fun time, you know, to come out here with my bowling community. Um, I actually have, for the first time, a studio audience today. Let's give it up for them. We got Tracy, we got Kelly, we got Mary Beth, and we got Mr. Page here. So, you know, it's really awesome to have people here to be a part of my show. Um, I know every Thursday during the summertime we're supposed to do this show, but um, I actually had the you know the privilege of being able to go to the NBA draft on Thursday so you know we're gonna get a little bit more into that at the you know towards the end of the show but um you know here we are and we're at episode 16 already um I remember when my mom and my dad um they were pushing me to do this show for you know years upon years and I was just scared you know I was scared of the fact of you know having the responsibility of doing a show weekly um I was scared of failing but, you know, now I can say here at episode 16, we're streaming in over 50 different countries. We're streaming in over 170 different cities. So, you know, I'm just really happy to be here. Um, I'm really happy to have my friends and my family here supporting this show, supporting my dream. And, you know, I've been able to, you know, utilize this to, you know, pretty much get my, pl my platform out there, get my voice heard. You know, um, a lot of people here, they have sports opinions, but they don't know how to develop them fully or they don't know exactly, you know, the stats behind it. So, you know, when I see people on the street, you know, the first thing that they tell me is, you know, that they're able to use my show to, you know, have their conversations with people. And um, my one friend who um, I work with at Playworks, you know, he was out there in, uh, in China, shout out to Henry, and he's out there supporting my show. and. Um, to, to, to see the response from, you know, the people in China as well, um, loving the show and just being updated on all the different things that we do. Um, it just really makes me proud to be here, man. Um, this isn't easy to do. Um, it's not something that everybody can do, but, you know, we're here today. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to stop. And we're going to get back into this show here. So for the first top news on the Talk That Talk show... One of the things that I saw was Odell Beckham Jr. He had a pretty interesting quote in the media, and it was pretty funny because what he said was the reason why he left New York was the fact that he couldn't reach his full potential in New York. And I find that a little bit hilarious because um, if you look at it, Odell Beckham Jr. had some of his best years in New York with absolutely nothing. Um, I'm not going to say that, you know, Eli Manning is uh, not as talented of a quarterback anymore because the guy was a Super Bowl winner. But when you think about it, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. has had, you know, how many years of over a thousand yards? Um, you know, he was able to battle through an injury with, you know, I was there at that game where he hurt his leg. And, you know, a lot of, you know, Giants fans were down the dumps because they didn't know what was going to happen. But, you know, when you think about what he says here with not being able to reach his full potential, you know, I really see this as a problem with the front office up with the New York Giants. Um, you know, they failed in getting Odell Beckham Jr. some, you know, some good talent around him. Um, Sterling Shepard is a good receiver, but, you know, outside of him, 
there weren't enough guys to take the pressure off Odell Beckham. And you can see why he forced his way out of New York. Um, nobody wants to be in a place that they can't win. And when you're in a place where you're not appreciated for the production that you're putting in, it also makes it hard for you to stay. So, you know, my heart goes out to Odell Beckham Jr. because he was one of my favorite Giants. Um, every time I interviewed him, he always gave me great feedback, um, always gave me a great response. And he didn't really get uh, that good of a rep for just how humble he was. A lot of the times people, you know, blast him for being as, you know, flamboyant and, you know, as boisterous as he was. But if you think about it, I don't want anybody else on my team that isn't like that, man. Um, when you look at what me and my dad were able to do in bowling, um, you know, our team fed off of each other's energy. And that's something that Odell Beckham Jr. brings to your team that, you know, you can't put on paper. So when you, th when you think about Odell Beckham Jr. not reaching his full potential, we'll see what he can do in Cleveland. I mean, they don't have that much of a winning atmosphere there outside of last year. So that's something that he's going to have to bring to Cleveland. But switching over from there, let's switch to somebody that actually does know how to win. And if you look at the USA, they've won their, their third game in, in group play. They won 2-0 over Sweden, and now they're undefeated in pool play. So what does that mean? They're about to go face Spain in the, uh, the round of 16 on Monday at 12. And we got to give a little shout-out to women's sports because I feel like a lot of the time they don't really get as much notoriety as they should, um, especially when the USA can't even get out of group play, right? They can't even get out of group play. And now you have you know the women that are trying to go for a repeat and winning the World Cup twice in a row. So, I mean, when you look at how they've been able to just dominate the, the, the field, um, we have one of the best soccer teams in the country, and I mean, in the world, to, to be honest. And, you know, I, I, I give all of the, um, you know, the good luck to them. They're going to be playing Spain on Monday, and it's going to be a little bit of a difficult task for them because, you know, Spain is a tough team. But when you look at, you know, them having Alex Morgan and just the depth in, in, in goal scoring, I, I really have a, a, a hard time seeing the USA not winning this game. So you can put it down, quote me, the USA is going to win that match. Um, on Friday, we just had Aaron Judge, who just returned back from injury. I know all the Yankee fans are happy about that. We'll give him a little clap for that. All right. Aaron Judge is back. Um, this does huge things for the Yankees, man, huge, um, especially when all year long they've been battling injuries. But now you have Didi Gregorius, who's back. You have Giancarlo Stan, who's back. He just had a web jam in his first game where he made a catch, you know, over the railing. And now you have Aaron Judge. So I think, you know, the storyline for the Yankees has been all years. What are the Yankees going to do once they are healthy? What are they going to do once they have all of their star players back? And now we get to see that this is going to be one of the deepest lineups in the major leagues right now. Um, they just acquired Edwin Encarnacion, who's a very, very good uh, home run hitter that they just got from Seattle. Um, he's definitely going to help out that, uh, that lineup towards the bottom half of that lineup. So we'll see how the Yankees are going to do now that they have a healthy squad. I think Aaron Judge is huge, huge for them as far as giving that depth in the outfield and just really giving that home run power to the lineup. Um, if you look at what they've been able to do, they've had people that have overachieved with DJ LeMahieu and Glaber Torres, but now that you have your anchors back in place, we're going to really see the Yankees excel. Um, 
they had one of their best months in May in franchise history. So with a healthy squad, the sky's the limit for this team. So as much as I hate to do it, shout out to the Yankees because they're healthy now. <laughs> but um, another thing that was really dope that I saw that's a really good lesson that we can see here is um, if anybody didn't get a chance to see the College World Series, um, you should definitely check it out. Um, I know I got to give a shout out to Kelly because she was big on the College Softball World Series. Shout out to them, um, UCLA, for winning that. I know she's a little upset because she likes Alabama, but they won that. But if you look at here at this College World Series with baseball, there was a situation with Luke Smith, who was the Louisville pitcher. And this guy is a stud. Um, he's one of the guys that's carried Louisville throughout this season. And they actually had the opportunity of taking out Vanderbilt, which was the number two team in the country, right? They're no chopped liver. And he had 10 strikeouts going up into the eighth inning, just got a huge strikeout of one of the v Vanderbilt's best pitchers. And one of the things that he did was he, he started cursing and taunting at the guy, telling him to sit on the effing bench, you effing suck, all this other stuff. And ESPN wound up catching this on their clip. And the crazy thing about it was when Vanderbilt came back up to hit, they, they scored two runs in that ninth inning to win the game and to move on to the College World Series against Michigan. So my main thing, I got to give this guy, Luke Smith, the biggest dunce cap because how can you out here taunting people and you didn't even close the case? You know, that's like going out there and writing yourself off for a win when you still got the third quarter to play in basketball. What are you doing? So he cost himself a trip to the College World Series because he wanted to taunt a guy and kick him while he's down. One of the things my father always told me is you never want to t tug on Superman's cape. And this is a classic example of that. Um, when you see guys that go out there and they're taunting people, they're messing with you and saying, oh, you suck and all this other stuff, make sure you win the game first before you talk because then you just make yourself look like an idiot and then you become a dunce guy on my show. So Luke Smith, shout out to you, the biggest dunce here. <laughs> so good for you, bro. Um, now we're going to transition over into our NBA draft talk. Um, let me tell you something. I want to give a special thanks to Playworks because they were the ones that were able to give me free tickets to the um, to the NBA draft. Um, it was a huge experience for me because, you know, as a Knicks fan, me and my father, we always talk about what are they going to do on draft day and what's going to happen next with the Knicks. And in the past couple of years, we haven't really done much of anything because of the fact that we haven't had draft picks and just the fact that we've been able to have a draft pick that could really help out and could really get our team to do something, um, this was huge for me, um, to be surrounded with all my Knicks fans out there. And, you know, once they were able to call R.J. Barrett's yeah. name, I was like, they didn't mess it up. <laughs> we didn't mess it up. So, now we gotta wait for the yeah, that was huge for us. Um, I think it was big for the Knicks, especially to get this pick right, because the front office was under huge scrutiny not to get this wrong, okay? And when you have a franchise that struggled as much as the Knicks have, um, we haven't been to the playoffs since the mellow days. Um, it was very important for the Knicks to get this pick right. And with them getting R.J. Barrett, you know, I said it on my podcast before, um, this is a guy that is going to help this Knicks team to win 15 to 20 more games next year. Um, you have a polished guy who can score from the inside. He can shoot the three. 
and then from there he can also distribute the ball. I know a lot of people have been knocking his um, playmaking abilities as far as setting up other teammates, but when you look at the draft and you look at what the Knicks are missing, they're missing everything. They're missing a score, a defender, and this is somebody in R.J. Barrett who we can then put that onus on. I know a lot of people are looking for Zion Williamson to be that guy, but the thing is, I don't know that he, he's going to live up to that hype, you know. Um, being at the number one pick, Zion's definitely going to the Pelicans. But I wouldn't be surprised if Zion winds up end, ending up in New York in a couple of years from now. Um, when you look at some of the people, especially Anthony Davis, who was the number one pick um, back in, what, 2012, um, he didn't last in the Pelicans for too long. I mean, he had his five, six years there, and then he forced his way out. So if you look at it, you know, New Orleans has had a hard time sustaining success. Um, they've had a hard time keeping the people around them that um, has gotten them their success as well, too. And I, and I hate to think about it, but I think it's going to be the same thing with Zion Williamson. We'll see this guy in a Pelicans jersey for about one, two, three, maybe even four years. But I just can't see him, you know, staying his whole career in New Orleans and you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to give us some highlight reel dunks. He's going to be the guy that's going to continue to, you know, make those social media buzzes out there with all of his athleticism. But I just don't know how that's really going to equate to wins um, on the scoreboard, especially playing in the Western Conference. And you see how tough it is, especially with Anthony Davis now going over to the Lakers. Um, it's going to be tough for the Pelicans, even with Zion Williamson. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, I saw a couple other picks in this draft that really interested me, um, one of those which being Kobe White going to the Bulls at the number seven pick. Um, I think when the Bulls messed up with getting Chris Dunn, it kind of you know didn't give Zach Levine the ability to score as well as he should have because of the fact that he's distributing the ball now. And when you get Kobe White, you get a guy who had you know the all-time leading scorer in high school basketball in, in North Carolina. And then to go to the Bulls and, and being that solidified point guard, man, um, I think that's huge for the Bulls. And especially to try and be competitive in the Eastern Conference, it all starts with guard play. And, and Kobe White's going to help them out with that. If you look at the number 10 pick that the Hawks got, um, they, they picked up Cam Reddish. And that was a guy that the Knicks were huge on. And this is what I was a little worried about myself because I thought the Knicks were going to outthink themselves and they were going to go with Cam Reddish as high as the three pick. But the Hawks get a steal with Cam Reddish here at the 10 because this guy can play defense, he can shoot the three-pointer, and you know he's a guy that will help an NBA team out right now. Um, another pick that I saw that was really dope was Jordan Poole to the Warriors at the 28th pick. And when you look at Jordan Poole, He's a guy that really helped Michigan and elevated them to, you know, the national spotlight. Nobody really expected much out of that Michigan team. But when you look at what Jordan Poole is able to accomplish for them, um, you get a guy that's a, a lengthy scorer, someone that can take the ball to the basket, and who's just really efficient as far as what he is able to do on the court. And with all the injuries that the Warriors have, you have a guy that, is going to be asked to do a lot early and is going to be asked to be that productive person off the bench. Um, so you, the Warriors could not, they could not get a project person here. They had to get somebody that was able to help now, a plug and play. 
And that's what you get with Jordan Poole. So I really like what the Warriors did there at the 28th pick. And then finally, my big pick that I really like in this draft is the fact that Carson Edwards is going to the Celtics from the 76ers in a trade. And he, he got taken at the number 33 pick. This guy, Carson Edwards, if you didn't see him in the NCAA tournament, he is a stud, man. Um, the way he was shooting three-pointers from, you know, three, four, five feet behind the three-point line. And, you know, he's a little undersized at the guard position. But, you know, with what he's able to do offensively, you get a guy that can help the Celtics out, especially if Kyrie Irving leaves. Um, you get a guy that is going to help out um, with the um, – who's I think it was point guard for the Celtics. Terry Rozier, that's his name. But he's going to help out Terry Rozier at that guard position and give a little bit of depth there because that's one thing that the Celtics have been able to do over these years is hurt teams with their depth. And with Carson Edwards, and I think they also got Grant Williams from Tennessee, and, and now you just add to that toughness for Boston. So I think that Boston fans are going to be really happy with how this draft went out. Um, a lot of people are saying that they're one of the biggest winners, and we got to give a shout-out to Danny Ainge. He's one of the best GMs in the game. And it's something that the Knicks are going to have to take a look as far as what is he able to do in selecting the talent that's going to help out. Because um, what we do in New York, we have a problem with just being impatient. A lot of times you want to get these guys that will help you out for maybe one, two years, but then they can't sustain that, you know. And one of the things that Boston's been able to do is select guys that are going to help you from years and years on. So that's one thing the Knicks are going to have to take out of the book from Boston. And, you know, moving past the NBA draft, it's something really awesome because now we get to talk a little bit about the free agency period that's going to happen in New York. Um, when you look at what my dad said with the NBA um, free agency opening on June 30th, one of the big stories that a lot of people were upset with as far as the NBA draft was the fact that a lot of these guys that were getting drafted were wearing the wrong hats of the teams that, you know, got selected. Um, when you look at the NBA as far as their tampering rules and as far as the rules as far as um, highlighting certain people or what you're allowed to say past a certain date, it's a little confusing, especially when you have a guy who's excited to get drafted, but then again he gets uh, traded to another team and he has to wear that other hat. Um, that's something that th is going to have to change in the NBA as far as either extending the date back or also pushing the, the date up for the draft because it's a little bit embarrassing when you have these guys that are wearing hats for teams that they're not even going to play for. You know, it's like me wearing a Yankees jersey. I'm not no Yankees fan. I'm not going to wear that. <laughs> you won't see me out in the Bronx. So let's get the hats on the right guys for these teams, man. If a guy's going to L.A. and he's getting traded from there, let's get him the hat, the right hat, man. Um, <laughs> it's a little embarrassing, and it's one of the things that was blowing up on Twitter, and it's a little embarrassing. But what's even more embarrassing than that is what L.A. did as far as acquiring Anthony Davis. Um, Anthony Davis was acquired from, you know, from L.A., from the Pelicans. But here's one of the craziest things. They gave up so much in there as far as with Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and like three or four draft picks. But Rob Palenka forgot to make cap space. What? How could you be the general manager that forced Magic Johnson out of L.A. and you forget to make cap space? Oh, 
that is something that gets you fired. If let's for, let's let's take it for example. <laughs> if I go to my school, right, and I have a class game time where I'm supposed to, you know, teach these students, how can I just forget to then <laughs> teach the students, right? You can't have a draft or you can't have any type of trades where then you forget to make cap space. And this is something where I think people have to then blast Genie Bus. You have to blast Rob Palenka because these are the people that you are entrusting yourselves with the most prized possession in the NBA with the Lakers. And now you have to potentially draft these uh, D-League guys or you're going to have to get a non-competitive people out there because you can't even create cap space for a third max guy. And if you think that Anthony Davis and LeBron James with a bunch of nobody is going to be enough to, to win and get into the playoffs in the Western Conference, you are out of your mind. All right? So I think that when you think about the, uh, the front office as far as L.A., either Rob Palenka has to go or they have to put somebody in there that is experienced because the the inexperience of that front office is starting to show. Um, but when you also think about where these other players are going to go in free agency, the crazy thing is and, and kind of thing that's going to shape what everybody else does is where is Kawhi Leonard going to go? So all of our people on our Facebook live stream, I want to hear from you. Where do you think Kawhi is going to go? If I'm a betting man... A lot of the reports are saying that Kawhi, his main focus is on the Clippers. And I think that's a good place for Kawhi because, you know, with him being an L.A., uh, uh, a California native and, you know, all of his intentions wanting to go to L.A., um, I think that the Clippers would be huge for him. If you, uh, Well, the, a lot of people have, you know, um, also linked him in with the 76ers. But I have a hard time seeing Kawhi going to Philadelphia because when you look at, you know, what Kawhi Leonard was able to do with Toronto. He was able to deliver a championship to a franchise in Toronto that has never had a championship before. And I think that that would be huge for him to then go to the Clippers because that's right, Brianne Pearson. I think he is going to go to the Clippers because the Clippers have never done anything. They had one of the best teams as far as with Lob City with, you know, Chris Paul and, you know, with Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. And all those years, they were at the top of the Western Conference but didn't do anything. But if you add Kawhi Leonard to that team with Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams is one of the six men, one of the best six men, um, you have a team that has already went to the playoffs and now can maybe get a little bit farther into the playoffs with Kawhi. Um, Kawhi is a two-way player that literally galvanizes any team that he goes to. So if you take him and he's going to the Clippers – I think that, you know, the Clippers can easily be like a top four, top five team in that Western Conference. And if they can just get him maybe one or two key pieces, then L.A. can really take the, the, the crown as far as the best L.A. team. Because Kawhi Leonard honestly doesn't really need much. Um, look at what he was able to do. He, he elevated Kyle Lowry, who a lot of people said was somebody that never really competed in the playoffs, to now being an NBA finalist, right? So, also, another thing that I saw as far as this free agency period is the fact that the Knicks still want to meet with KD. And I, I think that that's, it's, it's completely ridiculous 
because one of the things that when whenever you go to a store, you never get something that's already opened, right? You don't go to the grocery store and get groceries that are open, right? You don't go to the toy store and get a toy store that's got the box open. You want something that's fresh, clean, and new. And when you're taking KD and trying to get a meeting with him, this is somebody that you're getting damaged goods, man. I really don't want KD on my team if I see that he's going to have to sit an entire year. I don't want that, right? And when you think about what the Knicks can do, they can do a lot more with a lot of the cap space that they have, right? They have over $70 million in cap space, and I would hate to see them give that to Kevin Durant, who can barely walk. Have you ever seen how uh, somebody that's hurt their Achilles before? It is not easy to come back from. I remember Kobe Bryant, when he uh, injured his Achilles, he said it was one of the most difficult things he had ever dealt with in his life. He, had, he, even, uh, he even questioned whether he wanted to play the game of basketball ever again. So now when you talk about KD, who injured his Achilles, and, and now you want to pay him a max deal to come to New York for a team that we're not even going to see him play next year, I think that's terrible, and one of the things that we always say is garbage stays in the trash, right? We don't want to take that trash out and put it in our house. So let's keep KD where if he wants to go to Brooklyn, that's all right. Put him in the black. But, you know, if, it, if you want to play in the blue and orange, we need healthy guys out there. And that also leads to the last thing that I have in free agency here as far as Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving is somebody that's shown that is he able to handle the leadership? I'm not too sure. Um, he left Cleveland because he wanted to be the man. He goes to Boston, and he has the chance to be the man, and he doesn't know what to do with it. I want to bring up one story that I actually read. And Kyrie Irving went up to Brad Stevens in a film meeting, and he said, Brad, what does government mean to you? Now, mind you, they're going into a film session, and Kyrie Irving is asking him what government means. And Brad Stevens gave him this little vague answer. But really, he brought back to Kyrie, and he said, Kyrie, what does government mean to you? And Kyrie Irving said just one answer. He said, control. And that's something that Kyrie Irving wants when he goes to a team. And I just don't know that he will have the control that he wants if he winds up coming to New York. And the New York media, with me included, we're tough critics here, right? And we really can't have time, or we don't really give or allow time for rebuilding. And Kyrie Irving very well could wind up in a rebuilding situation if he comes to New York. And I just don't know how great of a teammate he'll be as far as trying to get into that. So, you know, when I think about whether the Knicks want KD or Kyrie, I think there's a lot of other cheaper options out there with Tobias Harris. Um, you also have a little bit of a Kemba Walker out there who is a New York native. So I think we really have to put the onus on Scott Perry in the New York front office to make the right decisions and not just get the sexy pick, right? Let's get the pick that's right for New York. And, you know, that pretty much wraps it up for our show here. Um, I want to give a special shout-out again to all of our live viewers out there. We got Mary Beth. We got Kelly. We got Mr. Page back there. I think we got my man Mike out there. He's a big strike guy. Um... We're going to be having our um, our bowling tournament in a couple hours here. And, you know, I'm just really happy, like I said, to be here. Um, we were a little indecisive as far as when we wanted to do this show. But, you know, even though we have bowling, I still have a responsibility to do here in delivering this show. Um, so thank you to everybody that was out there listening into our Facebook live stream. 
Want to shout out my boy Reese. Want to shout out to Jonathan Hamilton. Shout out to Mary Beth Heaney, who's right over here. Give a shout, special shout out to my boy Steve Garlock. We got to give a special shout out to Jose Pina, Antoine Jefferson, Brianne Pearson, who's always been checking in our, in our show. Um, without you all in tuning in and listening in, I wouldn't have a show. Um, we have five of our 15 episodes that have been over 100 views. Um, we're, we're in total as far as Facebook Live and with our Buzzsprout, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're at over 5,000 unique plays. And, and that's really that really means a lot to me, right? Because to start this from absolute zero to now being at a point where, you know, we have a studio audience this time. Um, we have people that are tuning in from different cities, different countries every every episode. And, you know, to have my father as my production manager, I mean, who could have it better? You know, I got my family and my friends here. And that's what this show is all about. Talking that talk with the people that walk that walk, right? So before we end the show, I got to give a special shout out to our sponsors. Shout out to VW Liquors located at 30 Menu. Oh, not 30 Menu. <laughs> located at Wick Plaza in Edison, New Jersey. Let's go, Mets. Let's go, Mets. We always do that for Dave at the end of the show. And we want to give a special shout out to Executive Bar and Restaurant. That one is located on 30 Menu Street in Carteret, New Jersey. And then also a special shout out to our last sponsor in 91scode.com. Uh, shout out to Cody Bromley. He has the best acid wash apparel in the game right now. I'm still waiting on my pack, Cody. So hook me up, brother. I need that. And that about does it for our show. If you ever want to get on the show, you can always email me at bhsports45 at gmail.com. That also goes to new sponsors. If you want a little bit of advertisement time, show me the money. All right. And that about does it. Thank you again. I'll see you uh, next Thursday, 7 p.m. Talk That Talk show is here, and it'll always be there for you. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'm out of here.